2: Foxy, Alex and Allison. If I put our jacks in the paint, how you gon' stop me? How you gon' stop me? How we can doing? go head to head, call out your top three, call out your top three. Look at the switch from Dorte. Now that boy got three We got Holly Burton run the point. This is a benedict for the shot. If anybody gon' come in the post, then we got Jalen Smith for the block. Setting the pace, going to the top, setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one
1: podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop, smooth. Pacer Nation, I am back. It feels good. I am joined by Alex, I'm going to steal your words. The one and only Alex Golden. Alex, what's going on? I wasn't
2: the one and only Alex in the building tonight, but I was the one and only Alex Golden in the building. Shout out Alex Rodriguez in the building sitting courtside right next to the the Pacers basket there in the second half. Um, Fachi, I will just say this. I was going to sit in the balcony tonight at the game, Got some got some tickets with uh, a handful of kids that I used to coach when I was uh, when I was uh, coaching basketball for a junior varsity team. And they were like, hey, you want to go to a game? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, a, a good friend of mine hooked me up uh, that, that works for the Pacers and got me two tickets four rows up from the middle, uh, middle court. So I had great seats. I was uh, at a really cool vantage point being able to see things up close. But, yeah, we were screaming for A-Rod to wave. My buddy that was with me is a huge Yankees fan. So it was it was cool to see A-Rod in the building, but other than that, Fachi, this was a rough game. Uh, Pacers made it interesting there a little bit, but just never could really get over the hump.
1: Yes, it, it was an interesting game. But look, I don't blame A-rod being in the building. Pacers on a five-game winning streak. It was must see TV. You had to be there. But man, Alex, we talk about that. They could not get the timely stops when they needed it. But also the start to the game was atrocious. They were down 8 nothing At one point, they were down 27-10. I mean, it looked like the game was just going to get just brutal. And I looked at it. Minnesota actually came into the game the second best first quarter team in the NBA. Pacers came in this game as the worst for first quarter team in the NBA. So not a good recipe over here. But here's exactly what I mentioned a couple episodes ago. Because obviously, unfortunately, I missed the last few. And it always hurts me when I do. But... Uh, this was a real test against what's expected to be a playoff team, not the Houston Rockets, the Orlando Magic. So we saw what a real test would be, and unfortunately, tonight, the Pacers did not respond.
2: Yeah, I will just say this. I looked up in the second quarter with, like, I don't even know how many minutes were left, and, and Halliburton and Turner had zero points to get uh, combined, you know. And, and that's the kind of night it was. You talk about that first quarter, like, Let's, let's just look at what Minnesota was trying to do when they got Carlin, uh, excuse me, Rudy Gobert, right? When they traded for Gobert, they were trying to solidify their team as a defensive-minded team. Look, they lost Patrick Beverly in the trade. Uh, some people say his defense is kind of fake. So, you know, you got Gobert, who's a good rim protector, even though Gobert's is probably one of the most unlikable players in the league. Yes. Uh, for whatever reason, it's just, even watching tonight, it just kind of got on my nerves. Like, uh, there oh, was a too. play where like Rivers was guarding Mathern in like the fourth quarter and like, he didn't get anywhere and like, Go Bear's like flexing on the bench because like he's my matter and I'm like, you can lie. Like, it just, you know, like that's so annoying. I'm like, what, what are we doing here? But uh yeah, I just I felt like putting Jaden McDaniels on Tyrese Halliburton was the correct move by Chris Finch in their defensive assignment. D'Angelo Russell is a terrible defender, so putting him on Buddy Hill to chase him around was smart. They've got a lot of length on that front court, Fauci with with Jaden being like 6'9, uh Town seven foot, go bear seven foot. And it was hard. The Pacers don't really have a low post presence at all this season, right? And, and that's what kind of opened it up for Turner was being able to hit the threes later in the game. We'll get to that. But early on, they just had nothing at the basket, and, and that's where you kind of miss. And I think Zach Pearson tweeted this. That was a great point. The reason that you kind of want Benedict to start a little bit is because he's one of the guys that can get to the cup. Nobody else does that really in that starting lineup. So uh, that, that made it a little bit easier to defend the Pacers, which is something we talked about before. Especially preseason, uh, just talking about like where they might struggle, and that defense just really funneled us into taking some really bad shots. And you know, everyone said, "Well, you know, we're just not making our shots." Well, like no, those shots were not good shots, most of them. So, yeah, I thought I thought Minnesota deserved credit there for their defense in that first quarter.
1: Minnesota absolutely deserves credit right over there. But one thing I want to say is nothing screams the holidays like subjecting your wife and your in-laws to a 14-point Pacer loss. I mean, the day before Thanksgiving. (laughs) I mean, I felt like I was holding them against their will. I feel really bad about it. But um, in this game right over here, I just felt like you got to tip your hat to Minnesota, uh, you know, unfortunately, because defensively, the Pacers never had it going. Tyrese Halberd, I believe he was... I want to say it was one of seven at at halftime, finishes the game four of 15. So when you're taking out a guy who's averaging 20 and 10, and you're pretty much offensively taking him out of the game, you know the Pacers are going to have some big-time struggles. But talking to your point about Matherin, you know, by the time Matherin got in, the Pacers are already trying to claw themselves out of a deficit. When you're talking about getting the free-throw line, Alex, this is a startling number. Matherin went to the free-throw line. He shot 12 Free throws. The remaining Pacer players combined for four. They went two uh. of four outside of Matherin. That is not going to get the job done. So you're talking about a, a Pacers team that you know shot the ball sub 40 percent from the field, but that's another thing. They were out rebounded by 20, 20 rebounds tonight. So and when he mentioned Rudy Gobert and how he could just rub you wrong, I've never seen a more boring. 21 and 16 but the man was efficient so it's just hey look he was good tonight he was but I'm going to throw out something that was very very startling the Minnesota Timberwolves starting lineup combined to shoot 68 percent from the field tonight and overall as a team they shot 61 percent I cannot I'd have to dig back into the archives of NBA history to find a team that can pick up a win, letting another team starting lineup shoot 68% from the field. It's just not the recipe for winning basketball for anyone. And this, if this was the test of what it's like to go up against the playoff team, then the Pacers, they got their work cut out for them with the upcoming schedule.
2: I mean, and that's, we were trying to like give fans a heads up. This of is course. coming eventually. Water finds its level. You know, this was a game where you know the, the the Timberwolves are trying to compete for a championship this season. They're not the Orlando Magic without half yeah. their roster. Okay, it's a totally different team, and that's why you know I thought the experience of playing in these type of games is is where you saw Miles Turner be able to dominate in this game because I think he finished for thirty one points, and I'm I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that bank three that he kind of pulled up there at the at the end of crunch time, right? <laughs> not deep. crunch time, but. And into the end of the fourth quarter, right? I mean, the dude should have just shot every time he was out on the court. because was hot. He was hot. I mean, he got going. Uh, the dunk that he had on the oh game. I mean, I got a front row spot for that. The crowd erupted. I was actually eating those uh, sweet chili wings that we had got I, I the last time we were there. And
1: I told my wife about those wings tonight. I'm still thinking about them. Those are great.
2: <laughs> they are great wings. And so I'm sitting there and I just sat down and I started eating them. You know, they're kind of messy. And I sat down and I was like, I can't even stand up for this dunk because I've got too much on my plate. But I like, I like dropped a chicken wing in my, in my bowl. And I was just like mouth wide open. I'm like, <laughs> what Jane McDaniel sacrifices life for that he for did. a charge. And then just got put on a poster, you know, he didn't even try to contest it, which was, I thought was interesting, but Turner had a great block. I think it might've been on McDaniels as well. So, uh uh, if, it, if it wasn't McDaniels, correct me there, but he had a great block Ooh. in the first half, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, and McDaniels was like way above the rim. Turner just timed it well. So, you know, I thought Turner played great. I thought Matherin had moments where he played really good. There was times where I thought he was a little bit, just like he thought he was getting tired. I think he played the entire first half after he went into the game in the first quarter. So, you know, they were looking for, Rick was looking for stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I thought Goga played solid minutes in the first he did. half as well. Four blocks. Um, I actually thought, yeah, he was a little bit more effective than Turner was to start the uh, to start out there. But overall, I mean, Turner, I mean, obviously got to be probably the player of a game for the Pacers. Yes. So, you know, this, this is one of those games where you realize when a team takes Tyrese Halliburton out of the equation, it's going to be difficult. And Halliburton is going to get more and more attention because he's getting recognition as an all-star level player, Eastern Conference Player of the Week. You don't think that they realize, OK, we got to shut this guy down. He's the engine that runs this offense. And that's what they did by putting their best defender on them. And I feel like the Pacers are, are going to get the benefit of this from the experience, because now Halliburton is going to see what it's like to have the best defender perimeter defender on them on a night to night basis. And this is where I think eventually starting Matherin will help this because if Matherin's able to get going, they might be able to switch that, which will allow Halliburton to get going a little bit more. But Buddy's not the driver, Nisman's not the driver and the contact creator that Matherin is. So right now, um, we'll, we'll see how the Pacers go about it. But yeah, that was a big one. And we didn't talk about it at the top either. But the injuries to IJAX and Nemhard not being able to play in this game, I did think had a little bit of a factor into it.
1: No, they did. You're talking about no IJAX, no Nemhard, and obviously no Chris Duarte. And I think it goes without saying, you know, Daniel Tice wasn't out there and he, he won't be for some come time. On, but come I, I got to throw it in. But anyway, Why? Why? I, I just don't know. But be I have to.
2: Bocci. It's I, Thanksgiving I, week.
1: I, I know. I know. And look, here's the thing. When you're missing those guys and you're talking about guys who you know, had started at times for the Pacers, jackson has been great off the bench. You needed someone else to step up. And tonight, we didn't have that other guy that maybe we couldn't count on that, that stepped up. Look, O'Shea played 20 minutes, but, you know, and he, he was good. He was good in his role. He was, but, you know, actually had a plus minus of zero and what's a 14 point loss, but it, it wasn't impactful. You know, Terry Taylor yeah. gets, gets two minutes. Gogo, we talked about, had, had a couple moments. You know, I, I thought he started out the game with had, – had a basket. I, I thought he was going to have a game. But, you know, it didn't really work out that way. But actually, it was three blocks. I mentioned four before. Also had two steals. You know, overall solid. But, like, you didn't get that other performance of who's going to step up over here. And that's where I felt like it really hurt the Pacers to have Jalen Smith and Aaron Neesmith combined for two for 15. And then just six boards between them. So, you're talking about – Two guys basically had five points and six rebounds on two of 15 shooting. And then you look at Minnesota's side of things, and they had their whole starting lineup was in double figures. Uh, everybody had at least 15 to 23 points. And right there, they were extremely efficient. So I thought that was really the the difference was that, you know, Minnesota's starting lineup was on fire. And then the Pacers basically had a guy with two points, three points. You had Miles with 31 And then, other than that, I mean, honestly, the the starting lineup overall just really struggled outside of Miles Turner. I I know we we tipped our hat to Miles, seven of nine from three, but you just didn't get that other guy that was uh, other than Matherin, of course. And I know we touched on it a little bit, but Alex, Matherin's reverse layup. And I know it's gonna sound oh. crazy. It felt Michael Jordan-esque, And I'm not comparing, oh. I'm not comparing the man to MJ, but it was an MJ type maneuver. And that and that right there, I mean, all I could just say was this guy's so special. I mean, I just kept saying it to myself because you don't <laughs> see that out of a rookie. And then he had the corner threes, and then he also had the 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 long two where he slipped and banked it in. It was just like it felt like the man early on could do no wrong. So Overall, man, we just needed someone else to step up in the absence of Nembhard, I and Duarte. We just didn't get it tonight.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: All right, Vaci, I'm finally to my computer so we can get better audio here. But um wanted to jump in back with what we were just talking about in terms of Benedict Mather and special plays tonight that he had. You talked about that reverse layup looking like MJ. I will have to go back and watch a replay because I only got to see it live once. It felt very special in the moment, very like, wow, he just did that. But at the same time, until you see a replay of something, you don't really know how special that moment might have been. So that was um one thing that i was really uh interested to go back and watch but like you talked about that fall away three that he had Fachi, it, it might have been a two but i remember it was him. a long two yep. yeah i mean he got clobbered on that play they should have called a foul <laughs> he did i i have no idea how they, they didn't call I thought the referees it felt like they were being very nice to the timberwolves tonight in terms of their whistles i, I mean t.j mcconnell was very hilarious when he uh got called for that foul or didn't get called for a foul he was driving to the basket I think someone pushed him in the back and he fell Mm -hmm. down he didn't get the foul call he was talking with the referee and he gave the referee some some few choice words there I was surprised the referee didn't tee him up but um you know TJ was very unhappy with that call on and, and it was just a frustrating game I think Minnesota's defense overall really frustrated us but you know I think the Pacers just have to continue to get better and I think Once they started doing the pick and pop and abusing that that drop coverage from Gobert and Towns, it it did open up some more outside shooting. But uh, if Miles wasn't hitting tonight from three, we would have
1: lost by 50. Oh, yeah. This could have been a vicious blowout. But when you talked about the referees, I mean, they definitely weren't helping us out by any means. Halliburton was obviously very frustrated. And it felt like there was a few challenges in this game. Like, it just – it shouldn't – Have to be that much like, yeah, let's challenge this. And we kind of missed a call there. This this, isn't that, but whatever. It's always going to be part of the game. But the bottom line is that I now have my eyes on how this Pacers team is going to respond against playoff teams. And that's really what I have my eyes on because think about this the Pacers actually had the better record going into this game than the Timberwolves, who just traded like five first round picks for Rudy Gobert and kind of went all in, basically. But overall, I mean, I, I can't say I'm very disappointed because I knew we were shorthanded, but I hope that this is a wake-up call to be like, hey, you're not going to play the Magic 82 games a year. So at, at this point, up comes the Nets on Friday. That's going to be you know, a, a big one because, hey, the Pacers beat the Nets earlier this year. Also, we're in that you know, close loss that I was at in the building for. So let's see how they respond for a team that you can beat, you have beat, but at the same point, you know the Nets are a team that has something to prove as well, so that that's going to be an interesting one.
2: Yeah, I mean the the Nets don't have the rim protection that, that no. the Timberwolves do. Not so at all. They're they're a much different team. They're more offensive minded with who they have, and I think the Pacers can hang in a game like that, just because Pacers can put up points. I mean, even tonight they they put up how many points? I forget what the final score was. Um,
1: it was one fifteen to one
2: hundred one. I mean, so they still scored one hundred and one points despite how bad you said they shot, right? So that's the thing with this team. They've got the shooting. They've got the ability to put up points. And I think you're going to see a hungry Tyrese Halliburton after tonight's performance. I, think I don't so. think he's going to let this one set well with him. Uh, it, it seems like Buddy's hit a bit of a wall here. fochi's not been yeah. playing as great. And Jalen Smith, man, he, he, I don't know. He's a very hard player to read right now. I don't know if it's fit. I don't know if it's his role. I, I don't really understand why he's... Not been as as fun to watch as last year, but I think overall he's uh, just trying to figure out pick spots. Twenty two minutes a night, like you said, not very many. Only have two points, so it, it, you just feel like you got to get more out of him. But I, I don't know what exactly went completely wrong in this game. I just know that the Timberwolves were out better. Uh, were better than us. They outplayed us from start to finish, and uh, we, we've seen the Pacers do this before. But going to the rim against Gobert. Constantly is not a smart idea. So, overall, Flachie, I, I feel like this is a good game for us to learn from and get back and get better. But this is what happens when you're a young team trying to play against a playoff team.
1: That's no, true. But you're talking about Jalen Smith, and I, I just I hate how like I missed. We didn't get to really talk about that Rockets game where he had 10 and 18 together. Uh, you know, we didn't get to talk about it together, but that was a great performance by him. But I looked at it, Alex. This is going to be a little nauseating to hear. Jalen Smith is one of 19 from three in his last five games. I that surprised
2: me. It looks terrible when he shoots it.
1: it I, I read he's actually currently one of the worst spot-up shooters in the NBA this season. And, and just one of 19 from three, I mean, this, he's got to figure it out because he's getting some open looks at times. But it's like we don't want to see him. Just, I mean, there was, there was so much. I mean, the whole fan base is behind him and wants to see him thrive. I mean, we, we were we were thinking it would be a miracle if he could just resign. So it's like we know that the, the talent is there, but I just feel like his role this year has been very much at all times feels like you're the fifth starter. You know, compared to being more of like a third option or, or anything like like it felt like last year. But that's definitely someone where we're going to need to to get more out of. And I, and I do think that, you know, Jalen has a, a grasp on that starting role. I mean, hey, they rolled out the red carpet, the special pen, announced that he would be the starter, uh, the starting power forward the second he re-signed. So he's got a, a, a long leash on him, but it's just like, man. We need Jalen Smith to step up if we're going to be beating quality playoff-worthy teams on any night. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the the reason they brought him in
2: here is because they like his ability to block shots. And I think he's done a good job of being that second rim protector uh, next yeah. to Miles. Um, they like that idea. Um, he was shooting the ball well last year. I think he did kind of like tail off a little bit towards the end of the last yeah. part of last we're still, season. We're right? still good. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, he still had a good percentage. And yeah, I just, I feel like he looks a little bit stiffer right now. He does. And and it's one of those things where I'm not sure if he'd be better as a five. Personally, to me, I think he makes more sense as a bench role. Uh, and, and you've seen them kind of go yeah. away from him towards the end of games. I think the last game I can really remember him like playing like heavy minutes towards the end, maybe, maybe it was that Rockets game when he was really good rebounding the ball. And I know the Hornets game, he had some really nice moments there that kind of helped close that game out as well as Tyrese and miles doing their thing. But yeah, it, he's just been up and down all year and hasn't really been consistent. And, and maybe if they, if the Pacers do end up trading miles, then there's a little bit more of an open spot from the play the center and they go a little bit smaller, or if they keep miles, maybe they can find a way to, uh, you know, start him. So he still gets that starting role that he's promised. but maybe give him a chance to play at the second unit more, because what we've been seeing recently is Isaiah Jackson comes in pretty early for miles. Yep, and then Miles comes back with TJ and, and Mathern, and they kind of play a different, uh, a little bit more of a, like a heavier veteran rotation right there with the with the second unit. So overall, I'm not I'm not sure what to expect from from Jalen moving forward. But right now, he it feels like you're just on a roller coaster ride with him. It's up and down, and eventually he's gonna he's gonna have some nice moments. It's too early in the season to like write him off because he's had moments like you said uh, just last week rebounding the basketball. We can't have oh, a yeah. you know, short term memory loss, but. He's uh he's a good player, but he's there's a reason why the Suns gave up on him so easy. And you know, we're not seeing that he's a bad player like the Suns thought he was, or not rotation worthy, but like if this was a championship level team, his role would be much,
1: much lesser than it is now. So no, it would. It, w- it would be off the bench, like you mentioned. And and I'm I'm curious to see if he finishes the year as a starter. But right now, I mean, talking about Last year, he shot, you know, limited sample size with the Pacers, just 22 games, but he shot 53% from the field. He's now just under 43%, but also from three-point land where he was awesome last year, 37.3%. Now it's 26.2%. It's actually going to be lower. That does not include the numbers from tonight. So it's just like, man, this is a guy who last year, it felt like he could do no wrong. This year, I mean, even the turnovers are up, you know, about a full half a turnover. So I know we'll figure it out. I know we will. Pacers are still going through, you know, a, a couple kind of feeling out who's, whose role is what. We're now seeing his minutes are actually a little bit less than what they were last year. So just at 24 minutes per game, which is really not a lot. So you could see that out of that starting lineup, it's like he's that guy that, you know, like you mentioned, fourth quarter comes around, not a guarantee. So uh, I got my eyes on that. And then just just overall, look, you know Tyrese Halliburton's going to bounce back. You know that you're going to get these type of performances from Buddy from time to time. He's not always going to have, you know, three or four straight games where he hits five threes. You know, that I feel like that's happened quite a bunch. But you're talking about the last two games, four of of 21 from three. I mean, the, the man's got the green light. He's, he's going to get double-digit threes up, and he will hit them. But I just feel like, you know, right now, I'm looking at it right now, the last two games. 8 of 29 from the field. So Mm. he's never afraid of the the moment. You you can't can't knock him for that. So, hey, that's what we know what we signed up for with, buddy. So I think the Pacers will bounce back. But I kind of do think that this was the loss that gets them hopefully back on track because no one, and I mean no one, could have predicted a five-game winning streak this early for them in the season. So I think a young team needs to take these lumps and kind of get better and challenge each other. And I think they will. When you say
2: this loss will get them back on track, does that mean like back on a losing track or what <laughs> do you mean?
1: I, that That's the real question right over there. And I, I think it's that, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, we haven't arrived just yet, you know, because they, the paces are starting to, starting to create some buzz. And, and I think, you know, you know, you don't want to say that, did it get to their head or anything like that? But I think that they kind of needed to be a little bit humbled to say, all right, We're not quite there yet. So we got a lot to learn. And this type of loss was one of those where they just simply, from the start, did not have it tonight.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would say the Pacers need to be humble.
1: No, Um, but, you know, life comes at you (laughs) quick. A five-game winning streak. All people saying, hey, whoa, whoa, fourth seed in the East. Look, I'd love to believe it. I would love to believe it. But we're not there yet. But Alex, I know I know we're we're glancing over a little bit, but there was one one highlight that needs to be shouted out. Kendall Brown got his first NBA mm. basket tonight. It was awesome to see him in there. The second I saw him in there, I said, You gotta get this man the ball, ASAP. And he delivered on a dunk, a fast break dunk. That was awesome to see.
2: Yeah, got his first NBA points. Like you said, it was really cool to see it. I was hoping they'd get the ball to him. I know there was a couple other guys that took shots before him, and yep. I'm like, come on, what are we doing? Uh, get Kendall the ball. I mean, at this point in the game, like, just let him have a chance to kind of prove it. But you know, I I know his time is going to come. But I always hate when like the game feels like out of, it's out of reach, and and the coaches don't pull their starters earlier, like with like a minute, thirty two minutes left. Like you're down by like fourteen with two minutes left, you're probably not going to come back. Wave the white flag, put put him in there, but. I hate when they go to like like the last five guys on the on the rotation that are healthy because it's like you got these weird lineups and it's like, how is this really gonna make Kendall Brown get better? <laughs>
1: like, exactly in these two
2: minutes of experience when you're playing him out there as like the two guard or the three guard with O'Shea, Terry, Goga, and uh DJ McConnell. Like you're not really putting him in what you want him to do. So I mean, I, I get it, it's not the end of the world, but I just hate when that kind of stuff happens. Like you're you're setting up this young player to like not have a great opportunity to showcase what he can do um but at the same time he's got to earn it and and you know they were they were good enough to give him the basket and try to get him some confidence going and just give him that opportunity to do that so they they are high on him and when I saw him out there man he's a he's a big guy um yeah he's a big wing and that's somebody we something we've needed on this Pacers team for a while like if Kendall Brown was like you know just like a little bit better right like rotational player worthy which he might be in 2 years he would have made a difference in tonight's game just because of how long Minnesota is and and I think the Pacers are just missing players like this and I'm not trying to like overanalyze their roster right now but you know it, it's a it's a good it's a good you know wake up call like you said to let this team know like okay we enjoy the early wins while we got them Let's see how the rest of the the season plays out. That's why I was never getting too high or too low with anything going on. Just live in the moment. Like it was cool to see a five game winning streak. Um, I wasn't surprised if they lost tonight. If they lose Friday against Brooklyn, I won't be surprised. You know, I've talked to some people that say they could go, you know, winless on the road trip. I don't know if that's going to happen, but they've got some tough games in there, Fachi. So it's one of those things where I look at this Pacers team and it's like they're so unpredictable with what's going to happen moving forward. Just let it play out because the the Buddy Hill hot shooting streak, like he's in a bit of a slump now. I mean, he was shooting like, what was it, like almost 60%, oh 55%, God. something stupid yeah. like that for like a two-week stretch. So that's going to come back down a little bit. We know that wasn't going to stay as hot as it was, but it's going to still be a good percentage at the end of the season. So just enjoy the good moments and, and don't freak out too much on the bad ones.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. but But to your point where it's like when you're throwing a player like two minutes at the end of the game. It's just like, I of like Terry Taylor. I just feel like you're throwing in these minutes where it's like, what are you looking to see out of him? Like, he's getting like, uh, you got two minutes tonight, you know, five minutes against Orlando, another five minutes against Orlando, six minutes against New Orleans. I mean, the man hasn't played double digit minutes you know, in over a month. Mm-hmm. So at, at this point, it's like, I, I know it's not like we were down, you know, 20 points and the, and the game was over, but there was a moment where there's like about two and a half minutes left. Yeah. You know, whatever it was three, three minutes left. And it was just like, just, just, just make the move now. Make make it earlier. I know it's only an extra minute or two, but I just feel like too, too often they bring someone in for like the last two possessions of the game. I mean, it, it's just a guy like Terry Taylor. have been dominating. I feel like in the G league lately, like, Give him a couple minutes early on when the game actually matters and see if he can do anything. You know, and it's not like he would have sparked a whole comeback tonight. But I, I just feel like there are guys at the end of the bench that at times it would be nice if you can get him a, a little bit more than two minutes at the end of the game when you know it's out of reach.
2: Yeah, no, I um I agree with you there. I mean, it's just it's I mean, we, we saw Terry Taylor in the G League dominate, right? Dominated. Yeah. Uh, I listened to Tony Tony's podcast locked on Pacers where he interviewed Gabe York and he's like talking about Terry Taylor. He's like, yeah, we know when, when Terry was coming to play with us, like he doesn't belong down here. Like he's an NBA player. So, oh, yeah. you know, I-, I loved hearing that from Gabe York, uh, you know, a guy that was in the NBA last year himself for a couple games. And, Mm-hmm. He told Tony, he was like, yeah, he's like being in the NBA for like a couple games last season. It reminded me like, no, I'm not a League player. I'm an NBA player. I just got to continue to keep working my way to get there. So I love that confidence from Gabe as well. But yeah, I, I thought it was interesting just hearing him say that about Terry, because we've been pretty high on Terry in terms of like wanting to see him get a chance. And it just feels like with the way the roster is constructed right now, it's just not probable and doesn't make a lot of sense. And until he can become more of an outside threat, like he's a small ball five is what he really is. He is. Yes, he is. And and we, you know, we can talk about well, he's working on it, but until he proves it that he can be an outside threat, I, I think it's going to be hard for him to see minutes when you have so many other guys that are are known for shooting on this team, despite maybe some of their shooting slumps. So good, good, good opportunity for the Pacers to bounce back from this game to kind of close out this this long home stretch that they've had and and, and get a win against Brooklyn. The night of Thanksgiving, uh, Black Friday, Circle of Lights. The game going to start at eight, so it'll be an hour later than normal tip-off. So, you know, hopefully they can get back on that winning track before they head out on a seven-game West Coast road trip. But like, you know, if they go out and if they start the road trip with two losses on at home, it's going to make it even more difficult. So, um, we'll 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 be watching this closely, Flatchy. But I just got to say, from watching tonight's game, um, you know, Miles Turner looked incredible in tonight's game, and I was really happy for him that he was able to see so many threes go down because uh, he single-handedly brought them back into this game.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, early on, I mean, there there was, I think it was like Turner was like five of seven from three, and then there was just everybody else outside of maybe Matherin that just looked like they had not much, I don't want to say not much in the tank, but not much going right for them. So, Turner, you, you we talked about it earlier, that three that he banked in, it just felt like he had that hot hand tonight and just had to just keep shooting. So, Hey, awesome stuff for him. I think that, you know, obviously we talked about it. This guy was set up to have a career year and he's taking full advantage of it. So that's been awesome. And then I just hope that, hey, Nemhard, Ijax, I hope that we can get those guys healthy because, you know, Hal Burton right over here, we talked about it a while ago. I I was surprised when he rushed back through the ankle injury. And I know that they took their time with Neesmith. I just don't want them to be rushing anyone back when it's like it's going to be it's going to be a long season right now so let's get these guys healthy Duarte they're taking the time with and and not every win is going to be oh my god we 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 have to get this win beast i already feel like we're ahead of schedule right now from where anyone expected so when when you look at the upcoming schedule right now uh you're playing Brooklyn for the third time on the year and then and then you're going out west for that seven game road trip that we talked about Alex buckle up because we're about to we're about to learn a lot, so get out your notebook and pen. We're about to take some notes. Go to school on what this Pacers team could be, and uh, I I think that you're gonna want to get that win uh, against Brooklyn at home before things could get a little bit tough.
2: Yeah, for sure. And uh, Scott Agnes tweeted this out from Rick Carlisle. He said this in the post game press conference. I think this is a great way to kind of wrap up this you know post game talk. He said that was rough. Period. It's clear that we're not sneaking up on anybody anymore.
1: Yes. Yes,
2: And and that's the bottom line. People were probably overlooking us. We had a lot of advantageous scheduling with being home a lot, playing teams that had players out. You're still going to probably get that throughout the regular season. It's just part of the NBA season. There's injuries that happen. But you go up against two healthy teams that are considered Western Conference playoff contenders. Denver took a loss. Minnesota took a loss. And that's kind of where I'm at with this team, I, I think, yeah, we could sneak up on somebody and win a game and be super competitive, but you know when when you're playing the better teams in the NBA, talent always wins, and um, that that's what's going to happen most nights. And, and and the team that's got the more talent on it is going to be the team that wins. And I'm not trying to knock the Pacers, but Minnesota overall just has more talent than them on their roster.
1: Yeah, no, they do. They do. They they, they definitely are, are a team that you could see. Hey, this is someone who a is paying big money. You got, you know, a $200 million man in Gobert, you know, cats paid uh, Anthony Edwards is the first overall pick, you know, he'll be heading towards a a, a rich contract. I don't believe he signed his extension yet, um, but that, that's a team. They got, they got guys, they got guys. They're, they're long, they're athletic. They're, they're looking to play defense. They, and then you look at the Pacers where this is a team that is not at, you know, the, the minimum salary over here They they're, they're super young. They're inexperienced. And tonight, I, I feel like it shows, you know, Turner is the guy. That has the more experience on this Pacers team, like you mentioned earlier, and you know, to, it, it was it was reflective in his 31 points tonight. So, Alex, I think we I think we covered it all that we could possibly cover it. But I want to wish everybody an amazing Thanksgiving. If you're waking up and you're listening to this episode on Thanksgiving, please have a second serving for your boy Fosh All right. I want to make sure that, that, Hey, I, I can't, I can't be there at the table with you, but hopefully I could be there in spirit. So eat up.
2: Yeah. Everybody from my side of things, thank you all so much for your support of the show throughout the year. Hope you guys enjoy some time off here. I know a lot of people uh, usually have Thursday and Friday off. If you work in retail, I really do apologize. And I'm sorry that you have to work on these holiday weekends, but for those of you off Thursday and Friday, enjoy it spend time with family make memories watch football eat lots of food um make sure you check the pacers game out on friday obviously and you know if you're listening to this podcast during thanksgiving we want to say thank you so much uh from the bottom of our heart i mean honestly we've been doing this four years now man i mean i've got people stopping me saying i didn't realize you guys have never met this is so awesome <laughs> yep. you guys finally got to meet like it's, it's so cool and, and it really is you know me and fachi have grown as friends throughout the, doing this podcast and we're uh you know we're really thankful for one another and i'll just say you know we i did a gimmicky podcast yesterday about the pacers and thanksgiving with tony and stuff like that it was really fun but at the end of the day i mean we are we have so much gratitude for for all of our fans all of our listeners all of our subscribers um even the ones that don't like me even the ones that troll me even the ones that make my life miserable sometimes on social media um i'm not i don't i don't let it affect my real life but i had to grow some uh some some thick skin to get through that flash but With that being said, we hope you and your families have a happy and blessed Thanksgiving.
1: Absolutely. Very thankful for everyone who's ever downloaded, listened to the show. Really appreciate you guys. And Alex, just give me the setup and let's get
2: out of here. All right, everybody. If you're ready to gobble, gobble so you can wobble, wobble on Thanksgiving, hit me with those three words. Let's
1: go Pacers.
2: Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. going to the top setting the pace going to the top this is your number one podcast sweeping every
0: team we gonna need a mop smooth smooth <laughs>